First, I'd like to make an apology. Sometimes a preacher has gone over time, and I found that usually you try to end a sermon about 11 o'clock. But I realized that there's offering and special music and singing to be held after. So last week I went over time and I apologize for that. I won't make it up by shortening it up this week. <laughs> but I will try to be more diligent. Let us pray. Father, open your word to our hearts. Open our hearts to your Holy Spirit. And let that Holy Spirit permeate our thoughts our actions, our very being, as we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Tomorrow marks a momentous occasion, which we call the formation or the beginning of the Reformation. 499 years ago, a man named Martin Luther, a monk, posted on the doors of a church for debatable purposes, 95 Theses. He was accused of being a heretic. He was excommunicated from the church. He was declared an outlaw with a price upon his head. He had come to the conclusion that the Christian's life was based on faith. Faith not in words, but faith in the word. The word that became flesh and that had dwelt among us. In those days, Bibles were not as frequently published as they are today. They were very short demand. In fact, the only Bible that he knew was chained in the tower of the church that he served. And he would spend time up there reading and he came upon a verse that changed his life. The just shall live by faith. He realized that it was the word of God that would do any changing in people's lives. Not the will of man, not the actions in which that we dutifully do, but it is the increased knowledge of Jesus Christ within one's heart. Last week, we spoke of growing in grace, looking at 2 Peter chapter 3, in which it told us, Peter told us, In conclusion, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Savior Jesus Christ. Today we look at growing in knowledge through the scriptures. The scriptures are inspired by God. The scriptures in what scholars have traditionally called Not only inspired, but inerrant and infallible. Peter is addressing this, and he tells us in verse 12, and you turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, 
And Lord willing, we'll look at chapter 2 in the abandonment of true knowledge in our Sunday school class. But it says, as I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. He said it was right for him to continually, and he was writing this for posterity, that you and I would be able to read that the scriptures of God are true. Was it not the Apostle Paul who said all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, growing in knowledge. We usually think of knowledge as facts. We go to school to study, to become a teacher, an engineer, a mathematician, an artist, looking at the facts. But knowledge is more than facts. It was Albert Einstein who said, information is not knowledge. In fact, when the scriptures uses the word knowledge, and these passages that we read a moment ago from first chapter of Second Peter, uses the knowledge of Jesus Christ in three different verses. Look at those with me. In verse 2, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And then in verse 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And then finally in verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowledge in the scriptures is to know God. The beginning of knowledge is the fear of God. And even though we come under great scrutiny in today's society, when we have abandoned the very principles of the scriptures and coming from God, God still has his hand upon us. Reflect back to Isaiah 45. God was going to choose Cyrus. He called him the anointed. God is sovereign over a nation. And God was going to do things through Cyrus that Cyrus might know the Lord God Almighty. Think of our election for a moment. Can we pray that whichever way it goes, that a sovereign God would allow the nation to continue that we might know him. That's a determination that you and I begin to make. Martin Luther, because of his stand, the just shall live by faith and faith alone. And by the way, out of that grew five great 
Sola, sola meaning alone, sola grace, sola faith, sola Christ, sola the glory of God, sola scripture. And when Martin Luther was brought before what we call the Diet of Worms, which is a judgment within the medieval church of that day, he said these words, I am bound by the scriptures. And my conscience is captive to the word of God. Here I stand. I can do no other. May God help me. He knew the power of the scriptures. Alive and active. Dividing asunder the spirit and the soul. Making alive that which was dead. Bringing light to darkness. Bringing life out of death. Jesus Christ came as the word of God. The word given to us in the Old Testament. Through testimonies and through prophecy. Was to lead us to believe in Jesus Christ and his grace. In a greater measure, you and I should believe Even more so than the New Testament disciples, we would think that it would have been great to have walked with Jesus. Peter recounts that when he saw the majesty of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he heard the voice of God coming and saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He was giving authority to the word of God. Do we give authority to the word of God within our own lives? It was Horace Greeley who said it is impossible to enslave mentally or socially a Bible-reading people. And he went on to say, the principles of the Bible are the groundwork of human freedom. So you see, it is in us. Not the electorate, though we try to elect the best that we can. And I admit that we don't have a lot of choices this year. But don't forget that God is sovereign. It is a sovereign Lord who appoints who is going to be elected. But he uses you and he uses me through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Knowing that we need to be still and know that he is God. How still before God have I been this week? Have I been faithful in my Bible reading? Have I been faithful in what I would call personal devotions? You may have other names for it. My wife was one of the most faithful people I have ever known to in her devotions. And with three children in the house, it was not always easy to have her devotions. But she would sit in the breakfast nook. And she would take her apron And put it over her head when she prayed. And the children knew that they had to be quiet. Because mom was communing with God. Did the people around us know that we belong to the Holy One of Israel? The Lord Almighty, full of grace and full of truth. And that truth should be increasing in our lives. And the effect of that truth becomes evident 
First in our own lives, look again at the three verses that we just read. Verse 2. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace comes to us as we see Jesus and how full of grace he was to allow you to be part of his family. Some of you may be able to remember when you were not a Christian. Praise God if you were raised in a Christian home. And you've not known what it really was to be outside of the kingdom of God. But some of us were not raised in a Christian home among me. And I can remember that initial wonder of God's grace in my life. And I think we've lost the wonder of grace. And when I began to look at Jesus and how full of grace he was. And I want that grace to be multiplied in my own life. The knowledge of Jesus brings in abundance his grace afresh. And he can, we can say, his grace is sufficient for me, whatever the task may be. But also, peace be multiplied. In an unsettling world, it is not easy to be at peace. Sometimes our families upset us. Sometimes the activities of others upset us. Sometimes things out of our control upset us. And we, my mother used to say, fly off the handle. When God wants to give you that peace which passes all understanding. To fill your life afresh. That you may know. Not principles. Not rules. Not regulations. Not even doctrine. And I will not minimize any of those things. But to know Jesus Christ. In an increasing manner. That is where peace comes. Is when I know that. Jesus is there with me and I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I will fear no evil for thou art with me. It is his rod and his staff that comfort me. And the word comfort, let's not forget, is not a pat on the back and said, okay, things are going to get better. The word comfort comes from two Latin words, cum forte, with strength. God wants to strengthen us That peace and that grace to be multiplied is one of the translations has it instead of just in abundance to be multiplied in our lives through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Is that knowledge of Christ working in your life? When is the last time you memorized a Bible verse? Oh, I know. I've said it myself. I'm too old to remember. But I can remember my wife again. Many years ago, a lot younger than I am now. She used to write out a Bible verse that she wanted to remember all during the week. And where did she put it? Two places. One was on the bathroom mirror (laughs) that we all are familiar with. And the other was over the sink where she washed dishes. Everything that you do is to bring glory to our 
great and mighty Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you raising your family with that attitude in mind? Are you doing the work? Are you going to work? Are you in the midst of problems? How can Jesus be glorified in the midst of this? And I don't know all the answers, but Jesus knows the answers. Because he's full of grace and truth. And he wants to fill your life today in increasing measure, in abundance. So that you will have everything you need for life. Look at verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and goodness. Let's look at that. Called us first. By his own glory and goodness. God has called you for a rich and wonderful purpose. And you can have no greater calling in life than to be a child of the king. We don't always feel like that, do we? We can feel trampled upon. We can feel maligned. And especially in today's society, as a Christian, sometimes it's difficult to stand for the principles that God has instilled upon our hearts. And I cannot do that without an increasing peace which comes from Jesus Christ. But notice how it says, His divine power. There are a number of different words used for power in the scriptures. One is a dynamo. And a dynamo just provides power for something else to happen. And Jesus, within our lives, empowers us to go out into a needing and dying world we sang a few moments ago. A dark place. And you carry the light of the world because you are the light of the world. Not because of who you are, but because of the light of the world, Jesus Christ living within us. And you may find yourself in some dark places this week for the explicit purpose of God's glory and God's goodness to shine through your life. A soft answer that turns away wrath. A word of grace and peace. Are we living that way? God's divine power within you, motivating you. The other word, another word for power is just the word work. God has given us everything for our work. Now, that doesn't mean that I am the smartest kid in class. That doesn't mean that I was a valedictorian of my high school. That doesn't mean that I know all that there is to know about the job that I have been given. But it does mean that God's given you the ability to work for that. Excellence. Later on in this chapter, it said, add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. It begins in faith and it increases goodness. That's a difficult word to translate in the English language from the Greek. Some translators call it virtue. Some call it moral excellence. But it's doing the right thing at the right time 
in the right way. The right thing at the right time in the right way. So when Jesus went into the temple and drove out the money changers, was he full of grace? I think we may have touched on that last week. Of course he was. It was the right thing to cleanse God's temple. But then when he dealt with the woman taken in adultery, in the midst of adulterous relationships, let he who has no sin cast the first stone. Oh, isn't that grace? I need to grow in that knowledge of Jesus. He has given you the divine power for everything that you need for life and for godliness. Godliness is just simply being like God. That is to make you God. That is not like some of the reincarnations in religions. The way you start at one level and you go up to the next level. It's just simple that where you are today, you can express God's grace through his truth. And I cannot help but believe that you and I are going to be put in some difficult situations in the years to come. Most of us have lived without persecution in life. Not so with many millions of our brothers and sisters in other lands in Iraq, Iran, Syria, the Middle East in general. The time may come when you and I are persecuted for that faith. But blessed are you when you're persecuted for his grace. God will give you the power, his divine power within your life to go out into the world to do what you need to do this week. What a glorious calling that is for his glory and his goodness. Oh, you are going to be the expression of God's goodness this week. Will you be found faithful in the midst of that? And then the last thing that we look at is in verse 8. For if you possess these qualities and increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Effective and productive. Some of us are old enough to have known the name Nikita Khrushchev. He was famous for taking his shoe off at the UN. Remember what he did with the shoe? He banged on the podium where he was. That became the symbol of communism. Nikita Khrushchev was raised in the church. He got an award for saying all of the Psalms by heart. He got an award for saying Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John by memory. He knew, but he did not know the truth. And we have to be careful in our own lives that we know the one who is the truth. It is not just enough to know. It is not just enough to memorize the scriptures, though I encourage that. We must put it into practice, that it becomes effective, 
First in our own lives. Have you ever wondered how ministers can fall from grace? That they can be well-known preachers and we could name names. And you and I may know some personally and my heart breaks for those that I have known personally. And I think it's because the knowledge of Jesus was not effective in their own lives and was not productive. When it says forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us, am I that faithful? When we know that it is right to pray one for another, do we really pray one for another? How faithful were you in your prayers for this congregation? I'm going to limit it to that. Oh, we're faithful in praying for our families. For our political parties, perhaps. But you are part of a great family of God. How important is the prayer meeting in your life? Oh, I know how busy people become. And I know the effort it takes in raising a family. But our prayer life renews within us the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Is grace increasing in our lives? And if you are increasing, if you're adding to these qualities, you're adding to faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and you're adding knowledge, to kindness, and to brotherly kindness, self-control, and self-control, perseverance. Perseverance, love. On a number of occasions, the scripture gives us lists like that to challenge us, to remind us. And Peter says, I will, don't hesitate in reminding you. We know the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians, the Apostle Paul. But this is one of those lists to help us to remember where we're going. We're going to be able we're. The goal is to love the world as God loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God may have put you in a work situation where you're the only Christian. But be assured that he is sovereign. And he has put you there for a purpose, for his glory and for his goodness. And I need to grow in that knowledge or I become defeated. I become distressed. I become depressed. Ministers lose the vitality of their lives when they're not productive and effective in applying God's word to their own lives. The greatest compliment I have ever received from one of my children When they spoke at my retirement some years ago, and one of them said, what you see in the pulpit is what we see at home. Can that be said of you? Not because of a person, but because of Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and for. Are you increasing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord? Oh, what a glory we have in this life. To be alive, 
to have the Bible study programs that we have on the internet, if we can always get on the internet. The Bible in our own language. You know the men and women who sacrificed their lives that we may have the Bible in the English language? Burned at the stake? And you and I take it for granted. Oh, God, give us grace that we will not only grow in grace, but we will grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It was Thomas Paine who in the 17, late 1700s and early 1800s wrote a book called The Age of, Wisdom, of Reason. And he said, this will destroy the Bible within a hundred years. The Bible will be found only in museums or on musty corners of a second-hand bookstore. What place does the scripture have in your life? Can you say, here I stand. I can do no other. My mind is held captive by the word of God. Oh, what a world changing our world. Not necessarily the world in general, but the world where we live. We come to that full realization that Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth, has come into my life and has given me the divine power for everything that I need. And that he will preserve that for the generations to come. You are that generation now. Will we preserve it for the next generation? Let us pray. Our Father and our God, how easy it is to fall into a pattern of life that just keeps going on naturally instead of supernaturally. But I pray that your word would bear fruit in my life and in the lives of those that love the Lord Jesus. And may we grow in the knowledge of him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.